0: Welcome to the Peachy talks podcast with your host, Anna and Ness, where we discuss a series of topics within nutrition, health and well-being in compact and easily digestible clipets. Each
1: podcast will feature a topic of interest where we delve into concerning misconceptions, discuss leading scientific evidence and each suggest three practical recommendations to take home. Welcome back everyone. We hope that you've all had a wonderful week and are looking towards a relaxing weekend. On this episode, we will be wrapping up February with talks on heart health. So the heart, an important organ in our bodies. It beats around 2.5 billion times in an average lifetime. That's around 60 to 100 beats per minute. It pushes blood to the rest of the body carrying oxygen, fuel, hormones and other compounds necessary for our cells, as well as removing any waste products out of our cells too. Essentially, the heart is the engine that runs our bodies. And without the heart, all essential functions halt instantly, and you're basically dead. So Ness, why is it important for us to talk about heart health?
0: Okay, so heart disease is the primary cause of death, apart from recent pandemic of COVID-19. In December last year, 2020, it was the leading cause of death in England, putting death into perspective. There are a few key terms to bear in mind when we talk about heart death. To start with, um, arteriosclerosis, which means hardening and thickening of artery walls. Second of all, atherosclerosis, which means that um, a fatty material called atheroma can build up in your coronary arteries. And this process is called atherosclerosis. Your arteries may become so narrow that they can't get enough oxygen-rich blood to your heart. And lastly, the coronary ischemic heart disease, uh, which means again, narrowing of the arteries. So it's not without saying that there are multiple risk factors
1: associated with heart diseases. We divide these up to two, which is modifiable and non-modifiable risk factors, essentially things we can control and cannot.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at the modifiable risk factors, first of all, which we me- could be grouped into hypertension, high blood pressure, this lipidemia, abnormal lipids, including triglycerides, cholesterol, and fat, diabetes, which means the high sugar level in our bloodstream, obesity, and smoking. And the second group is the non modifiable uh, factors, which could um, in, include age, gender, ethnicity, family history. And on today's episode, we will focus on the modifiable risk factors, specifically diet. Exactly. The one fact that
1: is common trait in the modifiable risk factors is diet. And this is what we will be discussing today. However, a healthy lifestyle like physical activity, stopping smoking, drinking less alcohol and maintaining a healthy weight is also important for heart health. So we are discussing the main themes useful for heart health today. Ness, can you start us off with the first point?
0: Okay, let's start. So the first point is the lowering salt intake. Um, As we mentioned in last week's episode, high salt intake in our diets can lead to hypertension, in other words, high blood pressure. And research has shown that lowering salt intake reduces both your systolic and diastolic um, pressure, therefore reducing both the risks of hypertension and therefore the associated mortality. Um, I'm not sure if you are aware of it, but before in 2003, the policy was 9 gramme per day for the salt intake, and it has been changed to six grams per day for the intake as this was a major public health concern. Wonderful. So the second point is increasing fruits and vegetable
1: intake. Having fruits and vegetables provides you with fiber polyphenols that influence the production of bioactive short chain fatty acids like your LDL, cholesterol, glycemic, insulin sensitivity and blood pressure. It also supplies us with inorganic nitrates, sources of nitric oxide that increases our blood flow, therefore um, improving our endothelial function and reducing blood pressure and stabilizing any plagues. Not to mention fruits and vegetables are a huge source of micronutrients, things that we've discussed already, potassium, folate, vitamin C, vitamin E and vitamin A.
0: Okay, and I'll move on to the third point, which is the whole grain. So increasing the whole grain intake is quite important. And um, there are mixed and inconclusive evidence for the effect of whole grains and coronary heart disease. However, there are multiple pathways that inhibit the atherosclerosis progression. Um, So the whole grains um, are shown to reduce the cholesterol absorption, they inhibit inflammatory and oxidative stress, they have shown to reduce the bioaccessibility of starch and glycemic response and they help us to um, keep uh, fuller for longer. Um, there they are also fermentable carbohydrates that act like a prebiotics, which is uh, good for our gut health. And I'm not to mention that they are a large source of micronutrients, including folate and zinc as well. Lovely. Thank you, Ness.
1: So before we go on and talk about the fourth point, increasing fish intake, we want to briefly mention the different types of fats available. Fats are generally divided into two groups, saturated fat and unsaturated fat. Saturated fat comes from animal sources like your butter, your ghee, your cheese, or any full fat products, and they are normally linked to harmful LDL cholesterols. Trans fat is a type of saturated fat found in highly processed foods and are found in things like your takeaways, your burgers, your pastry pies, your biscuits, your cakes. Whereas unsaturated fats like monounsaturated, polyunsaturated fats come from plant sources like your rapeseed, olive oil, nuts, avocados, seeds linked to helpful HDL cholesterol.
0: As Anna has mentioned earlier, the fish, so increasing the fish intake in our diet will help to lower the risk of coronary artery disease and the cardiac deaths, as they are quite rich in omega 3 fatty acids, which means that they increase the heart rate variability, improve in muscular function, reduce in blood pressure, um, inflammation, and triglycerides. Um, based on that, it is recommended that you have um, two portions of fish across the week, and one should contain the oily fish. So the examples would include mackerel, sardines, pilchards, herring, keepers, salmon, uh, trout, and tuna fish. Don't worry, for our vegans, vegetarians, or listeners who don't like eating fish,
1: you can turn to green leafy vegetables like broccoli, spinach, cabbage, soya, walnuts, flax seeds, and other fortified foods. Um, On the contrary to general thoughts, nuts have actually shown to have the strongest LDL cholesterol lowering effects. This was published in 2018, and despite their high energy density, nuts did not show contribution to weight gain, waist circumference, nor obesity. In particular, when almonds were studied closely, it showed improvements on endothelial functions, like regulating blood pressure and homeostasis as well.
0: But Anna, I just would like to add as well, again, despite the health benefits, we just need to consume them in moderation. Even too much of anything healthy can turn into unhealthy. So just to mention that the portion size of the nuts that we can consume is um, perhaps around two tablespoon or one close handful of mixed nuts. In summary, these dietary habits show close relation to Mediterranean diet, which is rich in fruits, vegetables, oily fish, whole grain, and modest amount of meat and dairy.
1: Yes, research shows that eating a Mediterranean-style diet reduces the risk of heart diseases. In contrast, another study conducted to assess the effect of UK Dietary Guideline, the Eatwell Guide, on reducing blood pressure and total HDL cholesterol ratio found that these guidelines were significantly effective in preventing cardiovascular diseases by reducing lipids, by reducing blood pressure, reducing inflammation, arterial stiffness and weight loss as well. So, Finishing the podcast, Ness, can you tell us what your recommendations are for this week?
0: My first recommendation would be everything should be consumed in moderation. I know this is the classical dietitian motto, but it really works so that you don't have to cut down on uh, any of your favorite foods as long as they're consumed in moderation. Secondly, as well as implementing dietary recommendations, we also need to be aware of other factors that may increase the risk of heart problems, such as high alcohol consumption. So um, based on the recommended guidelines, we do advise you to limit your alcohol intake to 14 units per week. And you can also have two alcohol-free days across the week as well. So 14 units per week could be six glasses of wine or six pints of beer, for example. And third recommendation would be, perhaps you may give a try to one of my favorite uh, Mediterranean dishes coming from the Cyprus as well. So my favorite food would be, and it's quite easy to make, toasted pita bread with grilled uh, halloumi cheese with a couple of tablespoons of hummus and some tomatoes and cucumber. It will save your life, believe me.
1: Mm, That sounds really yumminess. So my recommendations for this week, number one is to include nuts as a healthy snack idea. Now taking into consideration portion size, which was mentioned earlier, so about one fistful. Number two, include one oily fish a week into your diet as well. And then finally, if you haven't tried yet, try stuffed vine leaves. It's absolutely delicious. you've enjoyed the fourth episode of peachy talks and join us back next week on the topic of obesity for obesity week
0: and thank you everyone who joined my webinar yesterday hope you have enjoyed it and don't forget to find us on our social media page on instagram at peachy.talks hashtag stay peachy stay healthy